Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in on a Monday morning. How was that holiday weekend? Have a big, have a big holiday weekend. There were a lot of fireworks shows canceled. And a lot of you just felt the need to step in and fill in, didn't you? Man, the video across the valley. Holy cow. That was a lot of fireworks. That was a lot of people. In a lot of individual neighborhoods. Letting their inner pyro out. Unbelievable. Highlight of the weekend for me. Well, we'll get into it at 7.50. We do, uh, what are you watching? Uh, how many people were watching the Eagles concert? See a show of hands. Come on. Come on. ESPN. Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. Man, they put the E and ESPN. A little easy on the S. A little heavy on the E. Put the Eagles concert up. Hey, you got to get creative in these times, right? Jazz leave Tuesday. For the uh, restart of the NBA, they're scheduled to fly out Tuesday. Now, stuff doesn't always work the way it's supposed to. RSL is supposed to have a game Sunday against Colorado, and Colorado was supposed to leave yesterday, but they're not leaving until tomorrow because they had a couple positive tests. And over the weekend, the Milwaukee Bucks shut down their practice facility because somebody or some buddies tested positive. Even Woj didn't know last night. Woj. Woj bomb. It doesn't really matter how many and, and whoever it is. Assuming they stay healthy, you know, with games not starting until the 30th, I think these positive tests will be a much bigger deal as we get closer to games and guys have to sit out games. And really, as we get to the playoffs. Bucks are not the first team to close their practice facility. Uh, the Nuggets, the Heat, the Clippers, now the Bucks. that's four teams. So we can talk all we want about how dangerous will it be in Florida. And I know Florida has had a couple days in a row over 10,000 positive tests. So the coronavirus is certainly active there. But it's also happening in all these other markets, right? Milwaukee, Denver, Los Angeles, all having to close their, uh, their facility. So, you know, where are you more safe? Where are you less safe? And I know a lot of you are saying, hey, the death rate is down. That does seem to be true. And now I can hear some of you shouting at me. But the hospitals are filling up in some places, Texas and Arizona. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, you know, has, is the, uh, has the virus morphed? Is it less uh, deadly but more contagious? Um, these are all things that are... You need someone with more medical background than me to spell that out for you. But I just think it's obvious that if the players stay in their home markets, they're at risk. And if they go to Florida, they're at risk. And I think that has probably helped some players decide, well, I might as well go to Florida and get paid. I might as well go back to work. Uh, Jordan Clarkson met with the media yesterday. And uh, he laid out all the negatives. Uh, he, he was at a peaceful protest in L.A., and he put that up on his social media on Instagram. And he got asked about that and asked about, you know, um, do, you use Florida, do you use Florida as a stage, as a distraction? Did you think about not going? And then also about the health stuff. And he got to the end of those. Those were like the first two questions to him. And he gave fairly long answers to both of them. And at the end, he's like, yeah, but I'm getting bored. I want to go hoop. Like, yeah, I think we get that, you know, I think we get that. Uh, I think everybody feels that regardless. I mean, his profession is basketball, but whatever your profession is, there's a party. Bowler always comes on and says, I can't wait to get back to work. I'm sitting around the house. So back to work he goes. And of course, it's different for everybody. It depends on what your job is. It depends on uh, how safe your workplace keeps you, what their rules are. So, you know, it's easier for some people to say that than others, I suppose. All right, coming up, we are going to talk uh, a little NBA basketball with Joe Ingles. So we're going to get to that. And then also, uh, we've got a former Ute player who, um, who's upset with, uh, 
with Morgan Scally. And what, uh, you know, what price should Scally pay? Did he want him fired? Is he happy he's back? What happened, uh, you know, between those two? Uh, and we'll get the player's side of that. We'll do that next, and Joe Ingles is coming up in a minute. Stay with us. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, it's time to hear from a youth player who is... Who's upset? Upset with Morgan Scally. Not upset that the youths let Morgan keep his job. It's not about that in his mind, as he will explain. It is about, um, I I think it just comes down to, uh, in his mind, the truth, respect. And I think you really, I think you can hear it as you listen to this interview, uh, really wants a relationship with you and wants a relationship with Morgan Scally. There's some things he liked about Morgan, some things he didn't. If you didn't like him at all and just hated him, I think it'd be easier to just blow it off. But I think there's a little push-pull there, a little of that, uh, a little of that tension, you know, feeling wanted, feeling rejected. But uh, that's my take. Listen for yourself right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, we're joined now by Ryan Lacey, former Utah cornerback. Ryan, good morning. Thanks for coming back on the show again. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Uh, well, clearly we want to have you on because we were curious what your reaction was as you uh, heard about the penalties for Morgan Scally and, and heard his comments uh-huh. on the teleconference. Um, uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Uh, my allegations were denied from Morgan Scally, and, and that was a big surprise to me. And, you know, um, I, I would never uh, put myself in a position to uh, – go to a platform such as social media to say something like that if it was not true. And I honestly feel like it was a slap in my face for him to, de- to deny that. And I'm taking a lot of backlash. I've, I've had uh, threats and, and all type of, um, you know, people calling me and asking me about my allegations due to his mistakes. Initially, we were here because he sent the text to another family. You know, I, 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 10 years later, you know, I, I'm, I'm a single father now, and I have a job that I work. And, I, you know, what I said was the truth. And after reading through the um, the reports from the investigators, I, I just feel like there wasn't enough investigation done on my claim. And, you know, it, it, you know, it is what it is. Did the, the investigators talk to you? I did speak to the investigators a couple times. And you told them the same story? Same story. It's not a story. It's the truth. Okay. And the truth is the truth, you know. I mean, um, it happened, and it's something that, as a young player, it happened to me, and I held on to that for a long time. And I did approach him and in front of teammates, and we discussed it briefly. And now come, what, 12 years later, he comes out, well, he's, he's under an investigation for something else that happened. And Morgan Scully said that to me, and I held on to that, and it hurt me. 
and now I'm under more backlash because my claims were denied. But I read through the entire report. He admits to making racist jokes regarding Polynesians and Native Americans. He admits to sending a text. That's consistent behavior to me. And I feel like my claims were denied, and, and you know, I'm in a position to where now uh, maybe I'll be looked at. I mean, I'm looked at as a liar or something that, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what people think, but I, I'm, I'm highly upset about it. You know, uh, like I said in the, in the interview before, I, I would never want a man to lose his career over a mistake. But you know what? Um, I felt like he got away with calling me an N-word, and by denying my claims, I honestly feel like he called me another N-word with that. What was the investigation like? How did that go? How did they contact you? How much time did they spend with you? Was it written? Was it verbal? Can you spell that out for us? Um, I mean, it was an investigation. The calls, you know, a couple of video conferences. And I felt like, you know, the conversations I did have with them were in-depth. And I got everything that I needed to say out. Um, and, and it was the truth of, of everything that I've already said on social media is exactly what I told them. There was nothing more, nothing less. And, um, yeah. So I agree with what you're saying, Ryan, in that they are viewing you basically as lying. And you already said that. I'm certainly not calling you a liar, but they view you as that. And, and obviously you can understand why someone would be upset by that. Do you feel right. like that there wasn't enough evidence beyond that as to why it came to that? Do you have any idea how they reached that conclusion? After reading the report, there definitely was not enough evidence, and there wasn't enough interviews. Uh, roughly, there's 85 players on a Division One football team. There were only three players interviewed about my allegation, and the players that I supposedly went and told them about the allegation, and there were only three players interviewed. And those three players did not observe it. They didn't say that he didn't say it. They just said they didn't observe it, you know. And then um, Coach Whittingham didn't observe it. No other coaches observed it. It was something that happened. And, you know, I kept it under wraps for, you know, some years. And then I went and approached him about it. So there was not enough um, – not the right people were talked to because there's another instance where I approached him with other players that did not get talked to. And they know the truth. You know, and I'm advising any other player that was there at that leadership retreat to speak out because it's not right. And he said that to me, and it's something that, you know, even my my family is now upset about it, that it comes down to that, you know. And, and it's nothing that I would 12 years later come and, and, and lie about. It's something that happened, and, and it's consistent behavior with Coach Scali. He's done it already, and he's got caught doing it. And, and, and there's other allegations in that report of him doing it. So what makes my statement invalid? And I don't understand why we would have the, the, the audacity to deny my claim. And there wasn't enough evidence, in, in my opinion. And I would love to talk to Coach Scali one-on-one, a man to man, you know, because, you know, University of Utah, they teach us how to be men. They teach us how to own up to our mistakes, and that's a, a lot of players made mistakes, and we've all owned up to them. But that one mistake, I've, I've hung on to that for years. And and now that mistake is being denied. So and, and it's just it's, it's true, you know. So my mother's upset, and I've gotten threats to my family. To my mother's address was exposed, and for what I came out and said, and which just was the truth. And I've taken backlash for that. So now I'm dealing with you know uh, that on, on top of now being denied, or, or my my claims being uh, denied. 
Since all of this became public, have you talked to Kyle Whittingham or to Mark Harlan? Not at all. I have I've not heard from either one of them. Uh, since this happened, and even, you know, with my threats, I did send uh, the threats to the university, and um, they were seen by multiple people at the university, but no one ever reached out to me. I, man, it's outrageous. These death threats that you're receiving, what is going on there? You know, I, I don't know, and, and it could be any type of Internet troll because the Internet is a sick place. Yeah. People get on the internet and do what they want to do and, and, you know, say what they want to say. But, you know, I did uh, approach the university with the information. And, you know, and there's not really too much I can do at this point. But, you know, I've taken a couple of days off work to be at my mother's house for those threats. And, and, and you know, I've lost wages over it. But, you know, I haven't heard anything from the University of Utah, an apology. They haven't called my mom or anything. You know, and I'm not speaking down on the university as if they're horrible. I love the university, and I, I wear my rings and I wear my Utah gear with pride and, and honor. But me being denied of the, those claims really honestly hurt me. And it took a lot of courage for me to come out and say that. Because there's nothing that, you know, this far along in life that I would want to come out and say for any type of clout or any type of attention. I'm not on social media like that. But seeing that article and then going and reading the tweets directed at the family, I felt that it was my time to, you know, speak up. And, and, and in the midst of me speaking up, now I'm getting backlash. Now I'm wrong. And then now my claims are denied. All those people that were sending me the threats of me being a coward and me being a liar are now true. And, and that's honestly hurtful and it's upsetting. And, and I just feel like it's a slap in my face, not only to me, but to any other minority that goes to that university playing at a Morgan Scout. What did you think of the punishment of Morgan? Obviously, you want your claims validated. We're clear on that. What did you think of the punishment that, of Morgan? That's fair. Because like I said before, I, I, I never wanted him to lose his job. And, and that's number one. He made a mistake. And, you know, I feel like the punishment's fair. You know, a little pay cut. And, you know, you still get the coach. You still get to be with your team. And you have to go to um, diversity training. And I feel like that's something that not only Morgan should do, but all the coaching staff and even players should have to do. Because we all come from different aspects of life, different walks of life, and we don't understand each other. And that's something that the entire team should be a part of, not just Morgan. So have you heard from ex-teammates? How have they viewed you on this? Um, it's mixed. You know, I've heard from my corner group that I played with during my years, and, you know, they all stand with me, and we're all together with it. You know, everybody has a different um, uh, experience at Utah and a different experience with every coach. And, and that's something that, you know, is, it, it's what happens. So my experience with, with Coach Scali, I, I don't hate the man, I, I you know, but uh, he did say that to me, and it's something that, you know, I, I just felt like at this point in time, it's like uh, you, you need to tell the truth. You know, you're already in trouble for multiple allegations, and I mind. I don't know if that would make it any different, but there's still now a family out here hurting and, and taking threats and backlash over your mistakes, and your mistakes were the truth. So, Do you think you ever uh, reach out to him at some point, or you, the two of you ever communicate at some point, or you think this is just something you carry with you going forward? Um. I would love to speak to Morgan Scully. You know, I, I would love to, you know, have a sit down with him. 
because, you know, at the end of the day, I want to go to football games. I, I want to be comfortable going to, you know, support my team. But I, I, I would love to – yeah, I would definitely love to talk to him. And it's not going to be on any type of I, I hate you or, or I'm upset with you, but a, a grown man talk, you know, I, I'm not a player anymore. And, and I haven't played in seven years now. And now uh, a father myself, I mean, I can sit down and have a conversation with you, a cordial one. And I would love to do that with him. So with that in mind, if he doesn't reach out to you, would you reach out to him? I, I, I definitely would. I mean, right now things are, you know, crazy. And, you know, once things die down, whether he reaches out to me or I reach out to him, I would love to speak to him. I, I, I would try to reach out or, you know, vice versa. I mean, I'm not in any rush, but I, I'm open to have the conversation with him. Well, Ryan, we appreciate having you on. Uh, is there anything else you want to share? Anything else we should ask you? Uh, no, you know, I just, you know, go use, uh, as I said before, and, you know, I hope that we can uh, come out of this in a positive light and um, we can win some games and, and, and it blows over. But, um, yeah, I am highly upset about um, the denial of the claim, and it's not a claim, it's the truth, and, you know, I just I, I would want this done right. And I didn't feel like it was done right. So, other than that, you know, I, I love my teammates, um, and 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 that's it. Well, Ryan, thanks for coming on again. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Ryan Lacey, former Utah cornerback, and uh, uh, the threats PK. I mean, we've heard you know lots of people, lots of people, in lots of line of work to talk about the internet and all that. And uh, the rest of it is disturbing enough. You know, he and Morgan aren't on the same page. His claims haven't been validated, and and we hear all that. And on top of that, to, to have threats, you know, it's a completely well, yeah. out of control. I mean, obviously, the threats out are one hundred percent out of line. Yeah, none of us. Uh, would agree that any form of threatening is ridiculous. I mean, I mean, it is ridiculous, I should say. It's just completely unacceptable. But he is right about far as these Internet people, and there's a lot of junk on the Internet. We already know that, and whatever claims of Twitter or whatever social media that's out there. Uh, the thing that I find interesting, and I don't know whether he, Morgan, said what he said or didn't say what he said. I only know what the findings say. Uh, but I find it interesting that... If this man, Ryan Lacey, believes something was said, and so his claims were denied, then he's upset. That's logical. But yet, he still wants Morgan to be employed. Uh, that that That's an interesting concept there. Uh, not that it's inconsistent, but you know he doesn't harbor the animosity to the point of not uh, being employed. He still wants that. And somehow, that indicates some level of credibility again i'm not saying morgan said it or didn't say it because i don't know you got a he said and then he did not say you know blah 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 you can decide for yourselves but it's still it's still interesting to me that he still at the end of all this doesn't want morgan scally fired no i think he wants to be heard he wants to be seen not felt like he's invisible and feel like he is validated and I'm with you, you know, we, uh-huh. yeah, we yeah, weren't yeah, there, yeah, yeah. so we don't know specifically what happened. Right. Um, no. But as as Morgan tries to make amends and reach out to people, it, I, I don't know, 
You know, I don't know there too well. I mean, I guess we do know Ryan's perspective of this. I don't know Morgan's perspective on this. But as Morgan tries to rebuild trust and we rebuild relationships, I think it would help a lot if he and Ryan got on the same page somehow. I don't know exactly what that looks like or how that conversation would go, obviously. But, you know, Morgan was very definitive and really emotional about wanting to make things right. You know, and I think Ryan has a, in my mind, and everybody can hear it for themselves, obviously, but in my mind, Ryan has credibility because he doesn't want a pound of flesh. He wants to be heard. Uh, that's what I was saying. He yeah, well, you said it better. And recognized. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to inflict anything on anybody else. He just wants his pain to be heard. And, you know, I don't, <laughs> it, it would be interesting to, to know who all the players are that we would need to talk to to get a better view of this. But to a certain degree, I don't know how much that matters. I think what matters is that Morgan hears Ryan and Ryan knows he's heard. You know, I don't, I, what I got okay, from that okay. wasn't so much that Ryan cared so much what 45,000 youth fans think, just to pick stadium capacity, um, but that Morgan hears him. And, you know, I thought what Morgan said was heartfelt, uh, but sometimes it's easier to make amends with some people than it is with others. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we can both go into our own personal histories and figure that out. I assume everyone can go into their personal history and figure that out. All right. Well, thanks to Ryan for coming on. There's a little football coming up next. How about a little basketball coming up next? Joe Ingles. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz scheduled to get on a plane tomorrow and fly to Florida, enter the bubble in Orlando, and get ready for their opener on the 30th. We know they're going to have like three scrimmages. They did a pretty good job of making sure that you don't scrimmage teams you play in the playoffs. Uh, Jazz have a scrimmage with the Suns and then with a couple Eastern teams. Uh, So... Time to get on a plane Tuesday. Next time we talk to Joe Ingles, it'll be from Florida. We spoke to him last week, but going into holiday weekend, and I'm sure some of you <clears throat> had already begun your holiday weekend and didn't hear it. Here is Joe Ingles with PKNI on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hey, yeah! This is The Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Yeah. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joined now by Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Look at you just canceling pool parties on the 4th of July. I didn't Lay- cancel no one person's pool party. Laying down the law for your teammates. I don't actually blame you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just... Uh... 
it would be disappointing to do all this work for however long we've had to do by ourselves and and obviously now with with a couple guys in the gym and stuff to kind of waste it and like if we test positive in the next whatever until we leave then you're not coming so why why ruin it for yourself and potentially for, for your teammates how good a basketball shape are you in right now <laughs> elite how does that compare to what would normally be say when you got here in september of each year not very elite (laughs) (laughs) um no i mean i thought like i'm definitely not 100 percent because uh, i don't think anyone would be i think the the plan from our staff and and all that is to to build us up and um obviously have us kind of kind of raring to go by by the end of the month so um, we've still got obviously a three week, uh, whatever you call it, training camp or whatever it is in, in Orlando. And that's where it will really kind of ramp up. Obviously we can't do any team stuff right now. So, um, doing an individual workout is a lot different to, to playing five and five. So in terms of strength and, and fitness, I think I'm strength wise in my body. I feel really good. Um, I think it'll just take, uh, probably those first, probably that first kind of week to get my legs under me. Um, once we're running, and then um, I'll be good to go. So we hear a lot of uh, confidence from you and from Quinn, and it strikes me, and maybe this is just a me problem, but it strikes me as more confident. I mean, you always want to be confident, but it strikes me as more confident than you'd usually expect. I mean, there's a bunch of unknowns here. It's weird the way the season has been stopped for so long. You guys are very confident, and yet you're not even working out as a team yet. So where does all this confidence come from? I think when you the uh, the hard part obviously is I'm, I'm sure other teams are saying and thinking the same thing. I'm sure they're confident. I'm sure that um, obviously ours is from from our team. We we're in a group text. We've seen each other obviously kind of with I don't even know what the actual quota of people per people in the gym or whatever at the moment is. But you see other guys in the gym and you see um, by talking like they're talking and, and all that. You, an understanding of what people have done and um, yeah I just feel like our, our team's in a good spot I feel like we kind of throughout this whole whole process had been pretty intelligent and smart with what we were doing and how we were approaching it and, and I would beg to differ if there's a better training staff in the league than ours and um, their plan with, with obviously our own players confidence and, and work ethic and all that it, it just makes you, you kind of feel and obviously, um, we've we've well, it's been brought up a bit. I talked about this um, and stuff not being there, and that is going to be different. Um, but we we got to figure that out. We, and like I said, I'm I'm very confident we will figure it out. Um, but yeah, just just all those things kind of combined make you feel like you put yourself in a team in a good spot. And then obviously, we've got to get to Orlando now and just kind of click that switch of, of being a team again it's it, like I said it's very different working out alone than it is um, as like a team of five, five so this has been going on for what three four months whatever it is and you know it's going to end here your little uh, lifestyle that you've had and you got to get going over to Orlando how much have you been able to appreciate what you've been able to do as a family these last few months uh, man it's been uh, it's been unreal I I mentioned it yesterday. I think you guys were streaming my my interview, but um, I always 
and this is an only Renee, but obviously mine goes a lot more to Renee, but you you know how hard it is. You, know, you understand probably, or you try to understand how hard it is. These, and I don't want to say just NBA wives or anything like that, but these mums and, and wives that are home a lot more than, than what I am or, or husbands working um, or it's a stay-at-home mum, whatever, whatever their situation is, but you, you don't fully probably appreciate it because you're not, you're not living in it, you're not doing it every day. And, um, like I said, not that my, not that I never didn't have appreciation for, for what Renee did or um, how she was as a, a mother or wife or anything like that, but I think it, um, it definitely spiked up even more. It was it kind of went out of this world just because of um, the, the, those first few weeks. It's like, holy, this is awesome for me. I get to be with the kids, and then it, it becomes a grind. I mean, anyone that's a parent understands that um, having kids is, it, it can be a grind sometimes. And um, yeah, just that appreciation for the time that we got to spend together. Um, I mean, we have been together 11, 12 years. It was probably the most we've actually spent together, um, which is kind of sad, really, in the in the real way. But it's just the lifestyle kind of that, that I live. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sad that um, that's the case. But um, I'm so glad that I got to spend a time with the kids, got to spend a time with the day. And um, we talked about a lot. We during this whole process along the whole way, we're like, at some point, this is going to end and we're not going to all be together or whatever it is for, for a certain amount of time and um, just to try and appreciate every day when it does get hard or the kids are being annoying or whatever it is and, and just try and enjoy it because um, we, we knew it was going to come to an end and, and obviously that, like you said, is, is coming up pretty quickly, yeah. So how much do you lean on technology to stay uh, committed when you go on the world's longest road trip here? I mean, it's, it figures to be at least two months. Obviously, it could be three and a half. Uh, how, how do you stay? What, do you, what, what kind of new things do you do to stay connected? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be I'm lucky, like you said, with technology these days and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I'll be on FaceTime to the kids every day and there's kind of any moment that I've got to, to sit around and, and not be doing much, which is um, probably going to be a, a fair chunk of, of a lot of the, a lot of the days. So, um, uh, I think the hardest part for me, like I said yesterday, is obviously leaving the kids, but um, the little bits that come with that of getting them up each morning, and um, I guess I've been spoiled a little bit with, with what went on because I've got to, to get them up every morning and put them to bed every night. And, this whole process, I actually missed one night because I got locked out of our old house and couldn't get into my car keys to get home in time. And I missed putting him down to bed one night this this whole time. And um, I was actually really, really pissed off that night. So I it. But just those little things that um, that I, like I said, I, I don't get to do usually or I get to be very sparingly with our schedule. Um, I'm, I'm going to really, really miss... Uh, um, like I said yesterday, I want to come out for the team, and I want to want to do the best, and I'm and I'm glad and lucky that I've got a supportive wife that that wants me to go and, and to to play well and help our team. But um, regardless, I'm I'm going to miss my my kids and Renee um, a hell of a lot. So Damian Lillard said he didn't think everybody was going to be able to follow the rules in the bubble. Do you think you might be a rule breaker and play some doubles ping pong? I'm playing doubles ping pong with my with my teammates for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't. 
it, it's I guess it's hard. You don't know exactly. Kind of, I mean, the, the rules are obviously there and all that, but obviously we're, I mean, we're, we're testing every day. Um, I think between testing every day and, and obviously, like I said yesterday again, I'm I'm gonna make sure I do everything in my power to to be smart about it. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes, but um, at the end of the day, I'm gonna do what's best also for, for me and myself coming back whenever we end up coming back because I don't want to ruin um, coming back home and then potentially having it or whatever it is. So I'm going to put myself in in the best position possible to, to be healthy when I'm coming back as well. So Lillard, uh, in his story, he had some great quotes. He was talking about PS3, PS4. He's got his uh, music. Basically, it sounds like he's going to have a studio in a room. And, and his books. So are you planning, like, seriously, two months of entertainment? Because it sounded like Lillard had it. He was, he's like, practice games in my room. And I thought, he yeah. actually sounded a little like Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I won't really be playing video games. Um, that's not, not really my style, but um, I've got a lot of other things. And um, I guess we're blessed to have the, the like with Jacob's autism we've got a charity now and, and I'll dive into to some of the work with that and um, there's a few other things that have been not necessarily postponed but this last few weeks um, everything's been pushed back a little bit just to, to spend this last few weeks with, with the kids and with, with Renee and stuff so um, I will have some stuff to do um, I'm not going to say it's like work because I, <laughs> stuff I enjoy, stuff with our charity and, and stuff with our how we're building the house in Australia. It's just little things that, um, like I said, have, have kind of been put on hold a little bit just to, to enjoy these last few weeks with, with the kids. And, and obviously now we're, I think we're, what, four or five days away from leaving. So this, this next few days will be uh, purely with, with my family. And then once we get over there, I'll um, kind of uh, settle into however life is going to be over there. What do you think the level of excitement is going to be amongst, say, your teammates and other guys in the league to be finally getting back and playing some ball? Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, that's the, the flip side of what I was saying. It's like, you know, obviously, I'm really sad and, and kind of frustrated a little bit to, to be leaving my family for this long because I've never left the kids for this long. I, I've I have been away since April, so give or take this long. But that was pre-kids, and she was playing, and I was playing. It was a. It was a it was a lot different, and um, again, anyone that's that's got kids, you, you don't want to leave them for, for an hour. Never mind, kind of. I think I think it's minimum seven, eight weeks that we're going to be there. Worst case scenario, so um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be hard. But I, I like you said, I want to I want to be there for my team. I, I want to play um, for the Jazz. I want to represent the Jazz, and um, obviously play really well. So it's a um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because you, you want to do the right thing by your family and, and all that but you also at the end of the day I've, I've got a job to do and um, that's that's my job is to go there and, and be the, the best player I can be for this next however long we're there for. So even though you haven't had the uh, you know full five-on-five five practices and the stuff you're used to you have had the Zoom calls and the coaches have had a long time pre- to prepare for uh, you know, playing without Bogdanovich, do you already in your mind, even though you can't blurt out the specifics, I get that, do you already in your mind, are you pretty comfortable with the way things are going to go and how things are going to change and, and your expectations? 
Um, I mean, I think um, we, we've been kind of unlucky, but lucky with we have been in kind of situations like this before. We've we've had guys injured. We've had guys in obviously this year with, with Mike being out and stuff like that. As I mean, you guys know him pretty well, but I'm I'm really excited for, for Mike to, to be able to come in and um, have a bit bigger role and and. Um, not that I mean obviously how important he is with Giannis, but um, I think compared to, to Memphis the last couple of years, it was really it, it was kind of just him and Gasol and um, coming to to our team. We we obviously had a lot of other guys that could play bigger role, could score and stuff like that. So um, not that not that his role kind of diminished, but it was it was different to what it was in, in Memphis. So. Well, I'm really excited for him, and and I'll do kind of everything in my power to to kind of get him going and then get him um, playing like and I, I know he kind of wants to, and, and like he showed a lot of times this year, um, pre and post his uh, hamstring or whatever it was. But um, yeah, just really excited for that group. It's, it's a team thing where we're not relying on on Mike or or me or whoever it is to to go on. Um, it's, a, it's a team thing, but there'll, there'll obviously be some different stuff. We had a lot of a lot of plays and stuff that were run for Boyan, and um, those obviously won't be there because he's a different player to, to what I am. We're not going to run the same stuff for him as we do for me or for Mike or Donovan or, or whoever it is. So, um, yeah, there'll be some adjustments, but we're lucky we've we've got a, a half decent coach that um, I'm sure has spent countless. Uh, I was going to say hours, but probably countless weeks on, on what we're going to do. So, um, yeah, it'll be exciting kind of once we get there and can dive into that stuff a little bit more. You've often said it doesn't matter to you, but do you anticipate moving in the starting lineup to replace Bogdanovich? Um, I mean, if I was a, a gambling man, I'd you know, put a bit, of, a bit of money on me doing that. But um, I'm also kind of not – I think – Towards, uh, and I don't want anyone to gamble responsibly. Um, I, I did get in a bit of a rhythm, obviously. I felt like I was playing kind of a lot better. That second stint of coming off the bench and the rotation we had, I think it was me, Mike, and JC kind of playing together with George and Tony Bradley. I think it was. that was kind of the group that we that we were out there with or that I was out there with. And um, I felt like we got in a a pretty good flow. So, I mean, if Quinn wants to to keep me in, in that role, then it is what it is. It doesn't. I'm definitely not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, if he wants me to start and, and do that again, then then I'll jump back in there and um, and do the best I can from from that position. So it it still doesn't bother me. That answers the question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are seeing some players decide not to go. Have you been in contact, texting with your friends around the league and kind of taken their, uh, you know, kind of gauged their mood as far as uh, how many more players will hear not going? you, you have an idea on that? Um, I don't, not, not in terms of, uh, <laughs> I think there's what, 300, 300 and something players going. Um, I, I think there'll be some more, yeah. I, I definitely think there'll be a couple more. I think guys are figuring out, I think, Dwight Howard said he was figuring out his situation with his with his kids and stuff, and, and obviously I, I totally get that. And, and you have to, I mean, you can't help but respect it. It's um, I think it was Trevor Ariza too had um, something going on with with his partner, his partner, and, and a and a son, and 
how can you how can you kind of judge a guy or, or um, be mad at someone if he's in your team if they're doing something that's that's best for for him and his his, his child or, or children. So um, yeah, there's definitely. Uh, I mean, I I feel like there will be more players, and um, we'll kind of see how that pans out. But hopefully, it's uh, none of our guys, and hopefully, it's some guys from the teams we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's have a you tough ever... situation to be home for so long and then jump back into it. Um, I mean, you got you got guys that potentially have had the greatest year of their career this year in, in the sixty whatever games, and going back and and risk, there's injury risk, obviously, which is a part of our job anyway, probably. Daily. Um, but it, it probably does get a little bit higher having this much time off and then jumping right back into it. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios that, that each individual is going through themselves. Uh, I guarantee everyone who, who's going has sat down for it, at least a season. Even if you're a single bachelor that is the healthiest man in the world, you, you're still going to kind of look over things and think about things before you make a decision. So it's it's different for everyone, but, but I think you've just got to, in this situation, respect everyone's decision of what they do and um, kind of go with your team, whoever's with you or, or whoever's not, you, you support. With the no fans deal, have you ever been in a situation where you can relate to that as a professional? Maybe he needs to hit star six, PK. <laughs> <laughs> Are you was back, that, Joe? That, that a, oh, we lost that, you for a second. Was that that bad a question that it cut you out? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my question, Joe. Oh, that was all right, man. <laughs> I asked as far as this no fans deal, as a professional, can you relate to any games you've ever played in where there was no fans in the stadiums? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've played a, a few, um, probably more with national team in, in, in Olympics and World Championships when you're, you're playing your first like first round of pool games, you're, you're playing a, a smaller country and... and we're lucky as Australians, we have a, a pretty decent kind of following and, and family and stuff travel with us. And um, that's obviously not empty. Like, it's probably more than likely going to be for, for us. But uh, I've played a lot of games where you see a ton more seats than you do when you, than you do people. And um, so I think for, I honestly think for, for international guys that have played, or and the Americans that have played at um, Olympics or World Championships, Americans. USA team's probably always got at least some fans there, but um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely played in some games where there's there's limited, very limited people, um, depending on circumstance. And we've played games where they don't, they don't mean anything at the end of the first round, and, and no one comes because they would rather buy a ticket to go watch USA or, or a, a bigger match. So um, yeah, I'll be, I won't be too out of my comfort zone. I, I think it would be weird just being. It's always different when you're hearing everything that everyone's saying and Quinn can't kind of say something to me in a normal tone because everyone else will hear it. You have to... So I'm sure teams are going to come up with some funky things to do to, to try and hide what we're doing. But, um, yeah, it is, it is what it is. Do you hear Quinn's voice when the arena's loud and you're at the other end of the floor? Does it just, like, cut through Cause just because you know it? Or is this going to be weird because now you're really going to hear him because there aren't going to be fans to drown him out? Have you heard Quinn yell at me before? <laughs> Damn straight I hear that from anyone. I could hear that from my house if he was. Uh... No, it's, um, I think it's like you said. I think it's, like, regardless of the, the noise or what's going on, you can, 
you you, you kind of just you feel like you're hearing something to a certain extent, and um, I mean, a lot of the times you've got to as loud as even our arena gets at, at times. There's there's a lot of times that free throws and stuff like that, dead balls, or the referees are doing something. That there is um, quiet time as well. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm probably constantly looking at <laughs> Quinn anyway to see what we're trying to run or change something or see if he is yelling at me or, or whatever it is. But um, I feel like myself and, and him have a, a reasonably good kind of connection on the court of of understanding when he does want me to look over and he wants to call a play or he's going to let us roll with with whatever Mike's called or whatever Donovan's called. And um, that's one of the, the good things about having a coach like like Quinn is that he, he lets us play and lets us kind of go off a feel of um, how, how we're feeling or how we feel like something's working on the court. Um, it's different for him watching than it is for us playing. So um, there, there's times for, for both that he, he's really good with letting us um, pull a lot of stuff that we that we feel like is going to work. Well, Joe, safe travels. Enjoy the last few days with your family and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you from Florida with some of your downtime. Yeah, just make sure you get the times right. I think we're uh, you guys are not better. I think that we're a couple hours behind here when we get there. So um, yeah, we'll we'll get on the call there and um, see how the holy bubble is going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to pack the coffee machine, Joe. Um, no, like you guys think I'm. I was joking. I'm uh-huh. walking on carrying my coffee machine. Like, I'm not putting it under the plane. I don't trust the people putting it on the plane. I'm not letting, like, a uh, manager take I'm walking on with my coffee machine and 10 bags of beans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait till you see a picture. So it all sounds funny. Wait till you see a picture and you realize I'm dead serious. <laughs> we believe you. <laughs> and no one is allowed. I'm not making coffee for anyone else. So anyone who from our team is on our traveling party or other teams do not think about coming to my room for coffee. <laughs> All right, Joe. Thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. Stay with us.